Welcome to Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that inspire you to get your story told. Be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com, and while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. Now sit back, get ready to take some notes, and let's get started. This episode of Leap Into Your Story podcast is brought to you by Leap Into Your Story course. Visit leapintoyourstory.com where you have a guide to get your story told. I'm Victoria Anderson, and welcome to the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, work through the process, and meet others who've done it. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that inspire you to leap into your own story. Be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com, and while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. In this podcast episode, we are going to be discussing transforming your life with NLP, Huna, and family soul constellations. My guest today is Meredith Herringbrook, and she is a transformational NLP life coach, writer, speaker, and author of becoming ridiculously awesome. Who doesn't want that? She has a master practitioner certification from the NLP Martin, a family soul constellation facilitator certification, and was initiated into Huna by Kahuna Mark Sato in Hawaii. So Meredith, welcome for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and it's a pleasure to have you. So before we dive into some questions, you have to take us on your journey and how this all got started and maybe go into, you know, what what is NLP, HUNA, and Family Soul Connections? I'm so anxious to hear about that. Yes. Well, I ended up in high school really wanting to search for how the world worked, why I was in the predicament I was in, why I felt so sorry for myself, oppressed, felt like the world was against me, all of those horrible negative feelings. And in that desperate search, which I think all the true searchers have this burning desire to find the answer to, is in that search, I ended up coming across these amazing truths. And it, you know, and it took a while for me to finally see the little drops that the universe was giving me. And when I started to see them and understand them, it was easier to pick up on them and follow that path to greater ease, more excitement, more joy, more connection with people and so forth. But so the the high the high school searching was I think what often happens for people is when they start to individuate they start to pull away from their families naturally with high school and college, and and so it's a time for you to go well who am I, who am I in the world, what do I want all those big questions, and and so in searching for finding a better place for myself from trauma from when I was little. Um, That starts off in my book on on kind of why I searched and how I searched um, was I was sexually assaulted when I was little and there wasn't support around me in that way. It was kind of shoved under the rug. I think they didn't know what to do. I'm not, there's no blame whatsoever, but so many families just, it's so, there's a trauma that is so big no matter what it is, when families just aren't equipped to deal, they do what they can. And then there's kind of some fallout. But in the searching, I was able to get through the identifying of being the victim, which I think a lot of people stay in that 
field for a very long time and don't know how to get out of it, um, don't know that there's something better than that uh, because there are certain rewards. And But getting out of the victimhood and getting into personal empowerment, not to be all cheesy about it, but to really find opportunity and, and learning that you create your path, you create your vibration, you create everything around you and what you see. And when you can start to understand how that all works, then you don't have to be in the victimhood. Then you don't have to be at the behest of everybody else. And then you can make your mark. You can do great things. You can help yourself, society, whatever you want to do. And so that's what I started doing was finding these golden nuggets of wisdom and applying them that went so far beyond therapy. And, um, and because it was so awesome, which is my favorite word, by the way, um, because it was so awesome, I go, how can other people not know about this? Because it's so, it's quick to shift the whole, your whole existing paradigm of stuckness and victimhood and trauma and PTSD and phobias, depression, all of those things. When you can move beyond that and well then you're more powerful and i want that for people because i hated where i was it felt awful and i was looking around and going everyone else seems to be kind of okay you know they're having fun they're having friends they're doing this why am i not there and and so when the paradigm shifted then there was greater ease there was more excitement and um, and a lot more connection, which I think people are really striving for, especially now post kind of semi post COVID. And, and I just want to bring that information and healing to people because everyone needs that on one level. Yes. Wow. That's a powerful story. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, you know, it actually kind of reminds me about, you know, when people are not able to cope and that's kind of what this process that you're bringing is that element because I you talk about a family not being able to cope but in my first book touched I had a, a classmate classmate who was sexually abused and the entire school knew and I write about how you know I guess perceptions of what your expectation is or to what that help looks like. And nobody showed up. And that really kind of left me. Now I'm not quite the victim, but I think it, it maybe worked a positive thing where as a little kid in seventh grade, knowing that happened to one of my classmates, I realized it created like a mistrust, you know, with people I was expecting to not necessarily help myself, but with one of my classmates and, you know, my mother kind of was the hero because she would pack extra little toys and food in my lunch pail as part of her way. It was kind of her huna, you know, <laughs> her, her kind of, she kind of, unknown, uh, you know, knew kind of maybe intuitively her special way to connect and try to heal my mistrust with people. Yes. So, but uh, yeah, so let's, let's go ahead and see if we can dive into, um, you know, the definition. So for our, so our listeners and viewers who are not um, familiar with those terms, let's, let's go ahead and start with the definition. This way we can have a better idea of the framework and what, what you're awesome is based on, right? <laughs> yes. Well, what I love about these three tools is that they complement each other because when someone needs to heal or, or a person's experience, I'll say it this way, a person's experience is comprised of the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and the physical. Now, the physical, we know very well we are in our bodies having an experience. And when we are healthy and happy, just imagine 
we feel light, we feel brighter. If you know, we dress a little bit more snappy and we are chest out of shoulders back. We just, we walk differently. We act differently. We're more connecting with other people because we're confident. And the reason I get into the description of this is because I think we take it for granted. But when we're sick, we go, oh no, I'm sick. And our body is maybe the physically, the immune system goes down. We're, um, we have a cold, we kind of shrink, we contract and so forth. But the physical is a result of one, our nutritional choices and sleep choices and all that on the physical level. But what about how the emotional and the mental and the spiritual layers play onto the physical? I have worked with clients where when I, when I heal them, if I, I don't know if I'm supposed to use quote the word heal, um, cause I'm not a doctor, but I'll say they transformed from their chronic illness where they were in physical pain. Um, they've had longstanding issues. Um, I actually, uh, as an example, there was one gentleman I worked with last month where he had had shoulder issues for 12 years. And he only told me after like our last, uh, at the end of our last session, and he'd had this shoulder pain for 12 years. He went to chiropractors. He went to massage therapists. He went to Ayurvedic. He went to acupuncturists. I mean, he spent thousands of dollars. And what he needed to do was change his job because the job was so toxic for his life that it permeated his physical, mental, emotional. He retreated. He would yell at everybody. He says, I'm a nice guy. What is going on? But when we worked on those other layers, well, then the physical is just a result of everything else that's going on. So with that little backstory, NLP is dealing with the mental um, and, and what we do is we work with kind of our connection to our childhood and where we're stuck and how we're stuck, how we're creating our stuckness. It is not a passive experience in this life of to watch and, and we're in a little ride and watching things happen. That's not at all how it works. We are kind of taught that because we come into an existing situation and we have to learn to adapt and so forth. But we are creating our experience based on how we survived as a child. So if we survived well enough as a child, we end up, if it works well enough, we end up making belief systems and choices and blanket statements about the situation and if we see a similar situation, we pull that experience out, we pull those cards out of what worked and we apply it. So NLP gently uncovers kind of the root causes and the structure that's holding all of that in place. And why we're stuck is because we're in conflict with where we wanna be versus what our body is already telling us. So we have to update that system in a very gentle way so we don't recreate trauma, but we really get to the root source of what is happening when it was installed and how we can kind of update the system. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm just curious in your work with the guy with the, with the shoulder, by any chance, did he feel like he had to, you know, carry the weight of that job on his shoulder because... You know, Probably. there was somebody was telling me that they were upset with a relative and they were kept saying, you know, that relative really pisses me off. And then they had bladder problems. So, you know, you know what I mean? Is there a yes. connection like the like unconsciously he may have been referencing it on unknowing, but like the but All there's the body intel. You know what I mean? All the time. If yeah. you look at. um I think there's a lot of this information in Chinese medicine where um, in many um, healing modalities that I'm learning beyond even just Chinese is um, healing arts is the lungs hold fear, 
right? The stomach will is a metaphor for even like digesting things, digesting information. Uh, I think said the liver holds anger. I, I don't have my list in front of me, but yes, there are correlations of how emotionally um, we store that, that energy and that energy is real. It's not just a thought. It's not just a, a, an idea. There's a tangible quality that happens and, and we have to be mindful. This is part of what I teach and why I'm so passionate about this is I need to, I want to, I need to, this is my passion of teaching people that they have a choice. Number one, a lot of people feel they don't have a choice. They're given this lot in life. So that's number one that I help people with. Two is what choices are you making that you're not aware of? And how can we look at your existing situation of your frustrations, depression, lack of sleep, where are you holding it in your body, et cetera? And, and what are emotions coming up for you? Emotions, I just uh, listened to recently, someone put it really beautifully, is uh, they said, don't focus on the emotions as being something like important in, in and of itself. It's an alarm system. And, and it's a way to point to where something is not in balance, where there is lack of homeostasis. And maybe you're seeing it in your body, but it is coming from a source that you're not aware of. Because if you knew how to fix it, you already would fix it. So I help with NLP, which is the mental aspects. I also help with HUNA, which is the spiritual aspects, the energetic aspects, which are mostly unseen and can go to childhood, to um, energies coming from your parents or family, and even beyond from past lives or anything that is attached to you. And that's what therapists don't touch and is a crucial aspect to helping you heal is because do you really know all that your body and mind are paying attention to, right? Are you just here fully present without thinking of your childhood stuff, but also what are you carrying from your past experiences, wherever they're from, or another's experiences that are attaching to you? Maybe it's an ancestor who loves you so much, they attach to you and they, they want so much for you and they help you, but they're bringing their baggage in. So the energetic layers is a big component as well. So I always do a clearing first before I do any other work. So we're a little bit more squeaky clean and do a little, you know, body car wash, if you will. And um, so we can really be more present and available to the new learnings um, that are coming in. You know, if we have so much resistance, we're not going to, we're not going to want to learn it. And so then we're wasting time and energy and, and so forth. So we want to clean everything up and then help with NLP. And then the third one is family soul constellation therapy, which is the energetics of family dynamics. What is stuck and unresolved from the past, even generations past, even if you don't physically or know about what happened, no one told you the stories that energy um, gets translated through in effort to fix it. The younger generations will grab onto it, make a mess of their own lives by maybe copying the energy. Um, if there was maybe a loss of family fortune, well, maybe they will never be able to hold a job. Maybe they'll never be able to amass a certain amount of success, right? Maybe there's alcoholism, maybe there's chronic pain. And so this, these energies get translated. And I think a lot of people innately know that, of, um, especially alcoholism. I think that's so prevalent because it's very easy to get um, is the alcohol. Um, but whatever vice, uh, vice it is, it doesn't matter. If you see maybe a parent has alcoholism, then, oh, well, it's genetic, Again, we're looking at the physicality, but where is it really being held? Where is this energy starting? And when you clear that, you rebalance that, offer acknowledgement and love and peace and reconciliation of whatever that needs 
to happen, then once that's cleared and that's a, a resolution is offered, what's really cool in these constellations is this this resolution, this discovering of the root causes, and the resolution operates outside of space and time. This gets all quantum physics here, but it creates a ripple effect in direct time. So people who've had maybe emotional issues with their, their sibling for years and years and years. Um, and this happened as a, with a client where her older sister was always just on her. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to be this, da, da, da. And just overlording. When we did a constellation, because I knew that's where it was being held. I said, it's, it's you know, I, I know your family well. Um, it's not a, a, an emotional childhood thing. Why is she being this way? We went into a constellation and it pointed back to three generations back when a youngest sibling um, passed away very young. So this generation, the older sister, didn't want the demise of the younger sister and ended up being overly protective, overly obnoxious, but it was done out of love. So we can misinterpret all this actions of just being annoying or um, self-deprecating or sabotaging and all that stuff. But often it's actually out of love. We're, we're trying to reward our, our emotional and physical system and spiritual system, but it gets twisted and, and, and things get just tangled up. So I help untangle in all these different ways through, you know, the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Um, and wherever it's stuck in the ways it's stuck, I help untangle it and then offer, offer that healing such that we don't have to manage it anymore. Don't have to take pills. Don't have to do all that stuff. I know this is very long-winded, but I, I think it's really important to understand how all these aspects come into play to creating our experience now. No, I I um, appreciate you going through all that. And ironically, I just recently uh, did a, another podcast with somebody talking about this entanglement too. And I personally can relate because people... People don't think, well, you know, you can't change the past. I says, here's the thing. Yes. When you step out of linear time and go into the ethos, you really don't know what's going on. We we can't validate it, but what I what we can validate is changes that we see happening in a positive way. Because something in the past. Yeah, I mean, we're fixing it in the present time, but really, like you said, it ripples out. And I've recently seen changes with uh, a particular relative who I'm not close to. You know, there was family ripples. I'm only connected to them on social media. But I actually started to see what in the olden days, right? It was called the generational curses, right? Right. We've, we know better now to, you know, define that better, but I guess it could feel like a curse, right? The abuse, the addiction, and, you know, just the mental health stuff that I had seen. And I was very, very worried. And I'm like, I can see the pattern even virtually. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to see if I can keep working on it. Yes. And it's taken about three years, but the I can tell the current has been changed and she has conquered that. So I have a feeling that's rippled because now I feel good about her future because she was in a very bad place. She's working her way to a good future. And that could only mean, you know, if you got two out of the three going back, something was fixed in the past. It has to be. Yes. The more I do this work, the more I understand that time ultimately doesn't exist. Yep. We have the structure of linearity because if we didn't see things from one point to another, it would be overwhelming for the system. Everything would be happening all at once. So it's a way to perceive a single unit of consciousness traveling and experiencing something 
through time. But I'll even tell you, and this is kind of a fun story, is why I know that time, I think, is happening all at the same time is because um, actually my parents had called me once and it was after I'd done my HUNA training and everything. And so they felt they could um, ask me this really weird question and they're very linear and, and so forth. And, um, and, uh, and so they called me at the end of a long weekend and they said, Hey, we were away for the weekend and they were on their boat and they were watching TV and they were watching a football game. And they said, oh, this is fantastic. Okay, let's see what's on TV. Wow, this is a great game. Awesome. And then they went back home. And it was a live game, mind you. They come back home. And it was, I'm sure, it was probably Monday Night Football. And it was the same game. And it was live. And I said, and they said, how is this possible? They said, Meredith, it was the exact same game, but it was not recorded. And this is not a repeat. And they were so freaked out about it. And, and I've heard other stories where, um, where you go in and experience maybe a long drive somewhere and it's extra long. This happened for me personally in a location um, near Napa, California. And another person had experienced something very similar where you're driving forever, you're going through this hazy mist, and then things just look and feel very odd. It's just your system is like, what is going on? And, um, and so for me, it took me like three hours to get to this one location where it should have taken me about 45 minutes to an hour. And so anyway, this, this other story was where she had driven for hours with her family. They were going to the lake. They pull over and they go to a uh, gas station. And everyone's dressed very conservatively. You have like the, the gas attendant um, with like his red and white uniform and so forth. And the gas was 89 cents. Mm. And they and so she asks, well, you know, how far to the lake and this and that and so forth. And he says, are you from around here? She says, yeah, I'm just from the Bay Area, ma'am. Um, and of course, they were dressed in, you know, modern day clothes of like 2020 or, or probably 2010, wow. but not the 1950s or 60s. And they and he says, ma'am, I am sure that you want to get there, but I think it might be better if you just drove home. He didn't know what to say. You know, of course not. But that was the experience. So um, so it makes me think that time doesn't exist, ultimately. So when we're talking about healing, who's to say that you can't heal the past and, and all those energies that are running through? Maybe the experience itself is, is the same, like the actions are still the same but your connection to it is different. The emotions and all the energies that are kind of being sent out like a beacon, you know, a radio signal, that maybe you can change. And, and I've changed it often with family curses and hexes and all that stuff. So another part that Huna does, people don't know about family curses at all and it plays a big role. It's yeah, incredible. I, I think so. I mean, I believe psychic ability is just the ability to hit those pockets to get a feel for, you know, everything in the mix, right? Yes. <laughs> in essence, it, you're in there and you're like, what's going on? Okay. There's some visions of this coming through, but I mean, not only time doesn't exist, one dimension doesn't seem to, there could be multiple universes. I mean, I, I write about this and a uh, little bit about in all, all my three books and my fourth one coming out. But this reminds me of a weird experience when I was going to, I was taking a, a yoga Qigong mix class. And, you know, in LA, where I was originally from, you get fog kind of often, but here in the South of New Mexico, that's pretty rare. <laughs> But one of those mornings I did have, it was a slightly misty morning on my drive there. And when I turned a corner to go from this city I'm in into the west side of Albuquerque, all of a sudden, like you said, 
there's nothing around you immediately hits your radar, but it started with, I couldn't find any songs on the radio that I recognized. They were kind of, sort of like, you know, the songs. And I thought, that's weird. And then I was playing with the the buttons and I'm like, you know, it's going to be a classic rock station. Okay. And I went there, did not recognize any of those songs. And I thought, and it is what's weird is they were close, but they had different lyrics or different, slightly different melodies. And then it got weirder. So I'm looking outside of my car. And again, everything looks the same, except for now, I don't recognize any of the models of cars around me. And I'm all, it kind of looks like a four and like the shapes were different. The colors were off. I mean, they had weird names and I'm all, where am I? (laughs) I was kind of scared that I was like, I am in a different dimension. Like I knew, like I knew that I was no longer in my dimension. I was in some weird parallel dimension. And I'm like, how in the heck am I going to get back? So I says, I'm not, I mean, I I was like almost panicking, but when I finally approached um, the yoga Qigong thing, I went through another little mist and I was like, oh, thank goodness. There's a song. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a mist that I think is a Toyota. Yay. (laughs) But there's a mist that happens that I think is, is often. And, um, And I remember even another time, there's another, I wonder if it happens around lakes or something, but, um, but there's an, I was on a hike and I was going up this one trail and it felt, and I don't know if there was mist or not, but it just instantly, once I walked past like this certain threshold, it felt different. And the whole hike, I was with a friend of mine, the whole hike was me trying to figure out if I'm stuck in this new time zone or this time um, how am I going to tell my husband that I've been missing and where I went to? Oh, I was, I was like apoplectic and I did not know what to do with myself. So for a few years after I didn't go on that trail again. And then I went finally a few years later and then it just felt normal. Like it was just a normal hike. I don't know what causes that if it's magnetism or what, but it is so fascinating And the more recent experience that maybe other people have witnessed as well is there is um, like if we've actually shifted timelines, as I guess what people say, and I don't know much about this, but it it really waked me out was I think it's a year or two ago that the business Chick-fil-A changed its its, um, lettering. And so I remember growing up C-H-I-C-F-I-L-A and now there's a K to it. And I'm like, and I looked online, I said, why did they change that? Like, why would they do that? Are people just, it was too cool or too different. And so I'm looking online and everyone's writing, oh, no, there's a timeline change. I go, wait. So anyway, that's my short introduction into even further, the world is saying that time doesn't necessarily operate in a linear manner at all. It's our perception. So can we heal or how can we heal all these old past transgressions and fears and experiences into um, helping us heal and be more present and complete now? I mean, imagine, um, well, Huna helps people with soul fragments where we can experience a major trauma and part of our soul literally splits off and it gets kind of frozen in space and time. They're like, I'm out of here. But what I've learned with the more I've worked with people who have soul fragments and everyone I've worked with tends to have at least one is that whatever their trauma is in this life is a a hyper trauma because of the soul fragment that was lost. And so it's just echoing that, hey, there's something that needs to be healed. And when we heal that soul fragment and bring it back in, then the hyper um, reaction to the experience that they had in this life 
is gone. It goes away. There's no need to, to have that emotional dynamic. So it's not necessarily traumas. It could just be something attaching from family and even past life that could be yes. throwing all this into the mix. It's yes, and it's a big mix. It's not just, hey, let's talk therapy for an hour and talk story and you know, get some acknowledgement and and some being heard, which I think a lot of people do need to, to have. But beyond that, it's like, well, now what are we going to heal? Are we really healing the root causes of where the these emotions and and chronic issues and phobias are coming from? And so that's why I love the NLP and the family constellations and Hunas because we're looking in a little bit more esoteric places. Um, we're looking not just our childhood, but we're looking in energetic attachments. We're looking at curses. We're looking at soul fragments. We're looking at past life stuff or what is attached to you. And when you can, I mean, just imagine all that we're carrying along every day that we don't know about. And that that's probably why we're so drained. So often we don't know what we're carrying from the past. We don't know what's unresolved from the families and entities and all this stuff. And, um, and so when I do these clearings and when I help people through their, wherever they're stuck, when they are, when they kind of come out the other side, they are brighter, they are happier, they're more at ease. They just, they don't have so much to carry, right? So, so I do constellations for people. I often do force, um, four sessions with people, I find that really gets a good foundational shift. And, um, and when we do that, then we can then operate from a new, a new foundation, which is fantastic. I think everyone should at least get a clearing and clear out the whole garage and, and, and come just imagine how much more availability you are to meet the present moment when you don't have all that old stuff. Yeah, so, speaking of cleaning out the garage, you actually said there is one more possibility, but physical items and things you have in your environment. <laughs> yes. So um, that reminds me, and there is a chapter in my book, uh, Become, Becoming Ridiculously Awesome, is um, which is basically my journey and also helping others journey through why identifying what they're stuck with and where, where it came from and so forth. But it is important to be mindful of your, your, um, your home, your space. Is it cluttered? Is it um, physically giving you positive feelings and vibrations? I mean, imagine a hoarder's experience of trying to chase feeling good or a connection with something in the past and they keep buying and buying and buying and that this tangible thing is not giving it to them. And they end up being in this predicament where they have so much around them. And, and we do that to an extent. This is a society where we, it's a lot, we can buy a lot of things very inexpensively. But when we can, again, um, we can edit, right? We can edit our houses, simplify, bring in the right colors that are positive for you and, and just clear things out. And, you know, if you haven't worked on a, this project for 10 years, well, maybe you're not going to do it. So either give yourself a timeline, finish it within a month or something, or toss it out. And again, imagine all the guilt you have of all these things that are out here that you're not putting away and so forth. And you get overwhelmed, you get depressed, you have self-judgment. And so when you can simplify and, and, and clean everything out, so where it feels good to you, um, it does require constant maintenance, right? The laundry needs to be done all the time and you need to feed yourself. But if you do it more often, then you'll have more joy, you'll get more energy. And also I think you'll get sick less often, right? All these imbalances that you're taking care of by clearing your home and clearing your body and your emotions, um, then you will be pulled down and, and you'll just be naturally brighter. 
Very good. Now we've talked about feelings of making us, you know, happy and, and the attachment we could have this stuff, but let's talk about maybe the other spectrum of maybe fearful and, you know, how negativity or the, I guess, trigger of fear can bring certain attachments to us. Yes. Um, when we grow up, we are adapting to our environment. And when things are not understood, not described to us, and there, and we end up not being able to cope, we end up turning to fear, right? Our reptilian brain is the fight or flight. And, and when we are constantly stuck in fight or flight, um, or even drinking to excess, and your, your body and your emotions and your aura and everything is out of balance, then you kind of create maybe physical holes, but you create some sort of hole um, in your system where others can take advantage of it the classic perpetrator victim dynamic, where if there is a victim, there can be opportunity for a perpetrator. If there is no victim, meaning emotionally, then you can still have a not so awesome experience, but you can still work through it and cope through and go, yes, this is horrible, but I am not a victim. We are not identifying with that. But yes, when we are fearful, in a moment or chronically, yes, there will be things that attach to you all the time. And often it's not just these evil um, energies. I don't want to call them demons. I don't want to like label it necessarily, but those who are really negative, or they're seeking. They are, they are, they like to control. They like to keep you in fear. They gaslight you all the time. They're very subtle. Um, and, and I honestly think so, some people who are labeled as schizophrenic, I think they're just really sensitive and they can hear voices, yeah. you know, I mean, and, and no, I, I'm not a psychiatrist as far as understanding all the inner workings of the brain, but given what I have understood and I do work with ghosts and, and energies and so forth, I can hear them. I can feel them. I get pictures in my head, just like you do. You get pictures with Tarot with, with people. Um, it's like, well, that's, how is that possible? That can't come from my own brain. We're tapping into something in the collective, um, but they will manipulate and they will keep you in fear. But once you start to go, what am I doing this victim stuff for? Who is it serving? am I really getting what I want out of being this victim? And, and if you really finally challenge that being in a victim state, um, then you go, wow. And maybe, you know, maybe we stay in the victimhood state because we worry about being powerful. We worry about rocking the boat where other people want to stay in power. Um, that happens in family dynamics all the time and so forth, where we don't say, Hey, you do need, I mean, I do have two children, but what I say to them is, look, the structure is we do, we've been around longer. We do have this structure that works. Ask questions later. That's totally fine. But we, our goal is to teach you how to do things and then move through it. So you can be your own person and make your own choices. This is all about you learning to make your own choices and be empowered and, and, but my role right now is to be my, to be a guide and mother to you. And, but a lot of parents don't consciously tell their children that that's like, no, it's my way or the highway. And that's it. They don't say, Hey, when you're going to be 18 or 21, you're going to be making your own choices and lead them to that empowered state. So there are a lot of people physically in this world and a lot of entities in this world that we cannot see who would really like your power because it makes them feel better and so forth, but you don't have to buy into it. And when I started to get stronger, they started to get stronger because they don't like people getting brighter and stronger, right? That's, they can't control that. Right. 
But when you are stronger, um, and don't think that there are not entities working around politics too. I mean, come on. Like there are certain people, if you look at them in the eyes and so forth and they're on TV, you go, there is something else going on there. And I know there's attachments and they can either stay there permanently or jump in and jump out and create a whole lot of sabotage. Don't think it doesn't happen. I know it does. I felt it and I've seen it where I go, oh, there's there's some darkness there and I can feel it. But when you get more empowered, they will try and get stronger. But when you say, uh-uh, and I'm bringing the big guns and I'm bringing all the angels and I'm bringing all these light beings because I don't know all to do, but I'm really calling them in my heart of hearts, then it changes. And they go, oh, you actually do get it. Yes, I do. And don't mess with me. And it changes. And so I don't have that dynamic anymore. But you have to stay out of the fear state. You have to know who you are. You have to know your power, but you have to practice. Practice getting up and making some good choices for yourself. You know, having positive friends, um, self-love. Say, I am wonderful. Look at yourself in the mirror. I'm wonderful. I'm loving. I'm caring. Even if you don't believe it, your subconscious will always agree with what you're telling yourself. So you have to say, you can't say I'm sick. Say, and what I've changed is I'm healing. I'm working on healing right now. And I do need to rest, but you know, so forth. But when we put things more in the positive, then we get more powerful. We have more light coming in. We have a better dynamic with ourselves in the world and all the light beings that are around. We always talk about all the fear stuff. What about bringing in the, the angels? What about bringing in all those guides who are always here to help you all the time? But we have to be specific. But again, I think we fear asking that because, but I'm not powerful. I'm just a little peon. You know, I, it's understandable, of course. Like, how could we be powerful? But that's, I think, given from a long line of succession of people in the past. But do we have to relive the past or can we go, well, a world becomes greater when we are stronger, when we are more in community, when we are lighter and more solid in ourselves, simplify things, um, you know, even have lemon water in the morning, detoxify your body, detoxify your soul. And when you are in more alignment, then the world plays, the light comes out, and then it's a beautiful opportunity to connect and and do wonderful things. We are not beholden onto all these people who say, I'm just going to make it scary for you to basically be a slave. I mean, slavery, not trying to get political, but just on the general sense of slavery is when you feel that someone is more powerful than you and you say yes to it, right? You can, and, and when we say, no, I am not going to, even if the worst case happens, I'm going to stand in my power and I'm going to say no. And when enough do it, of course, paradigms shift. Civil war happened because of enough people said it. But it does have to start with one people, then 10 people and 50. That's what happens when you find your power. When we stand in our power, wonderful things happen. You are better for it. Everyone else is better for it. And then that fear can't come in and, and um, master your whole experience and sabotage it. So that's what all these, these tools do is to help you get to where you want to go. And if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling awful or directionless or lack of motivation, well, it's, you know, talk therapy honestly only does so much. Get to the root cause. And I'm telling you, the root causes are much more than you can imagine. But once you get it, then it's just like, okay, where do you want to go? Let's let's go there. And then the world will always say yes. But we have to figure out what we're telling the world. Wow. That is some powerful stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely. So the message here is go from victim to victorious. Turn your anxiety into awesome. <laughs> yes, I, yes. That's kind of the the underlining theme. And 
I do have one last question for you today, Meredith. How can we all find more of Meredith? Where, where are we going to find more of Meredith? Yes. <laughs> so please go to livingyourawesome.com. I am ramping up my newsletter to come out a lot more often, have a lot of great articles and videos that'll be connected to YouTube. Um, so go to Living Your Awesome, go to Facebook, to Twitter, I'm just starting that up again. Um, I can be found lots of places, also Instagram. So if you type in Living Your Awesome or Becoming Ridiculously Awesome or my name, all of that will come up. But I would love for you guys to subscribe or buy my book on Amazon or even through my website where I will do a personal signature for you and, um, and, and make it personal and put some positive energy in that book before I send it to you. Wow. That's um, awesome. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for sharing your fantastic insights today. This is been pretty amazing. I learned a whole lot of stuff. I know my listeners will get some great value out of this. And again, listeners, I want to thank you for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, work through the process, and meet others who've done it so you can be guided into your journey to write your story. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. We are looking forward to seeing you next time here on the Leap Into Your Story podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like to us via your favorite social media network. We're looking forward to seeing you next time on the Leap Into Your Story podcast.